Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Welcome partners, members, covenant friends, and wherever you're streaming from, whether you are a member or not, or whether you're streaming from some other state or around the world, we welcome you to the Word of God and uh, our Tuesday night Bible study. Have a wonderful message for you this evening, so I want to get right into the message. Uh, it's called Living Under This New Series that I'm started, Living Life Without Fear. Living Life Without Fear. The Lord spoke to me and said that Satan is trying to stoke fear in the earth uh, and begin to preach about living life without fear. And then I want to use, as a subtopic, I want to use resting in God's promises. Thank God we can rest in the promises of God. So we're going to live our life without fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And anything God did not give us, then we're going to reject. And that's all the enemy has. He's always stoking fear, fearful lies. Satan challenges the faith-giving promises with fear-filled lies. What if you don't get your healing this time? What you mean I don't get it this time? I already got it by stripes. You are healed. See, so you need to respond with the word of God. Don't give in to that fearful thought. What if you don't get your needs met this time? My needs are already met according to his riches and glory by his son Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter about the economy or this worldwide pandemic. God will provide. And so all Satan can do is come with a lying tongue. That's why Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. He's talking about the devil. The devil will try to judge you. You're not going to get your healing. You're not going to be able to, praise God, uh, uh, pay your bills. You're not going to be, you're going to lose your home. I, that's a lying tongue. In order for there to be a voice, there's got to be a tongue. And Satan is the father of liars. You're going to lose your car. They're going to, they're going to, you're going to go back, you know, and repossess your home and all that. That's all he had. You condemn that. Say, I condemn that in the name of Jesus. That's the spirit of fear. That's not just some thought. That's a spirit trying to get you to believe that lie. Praise God. So we're going to live life without fear. I want you to look with me at Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. Verse 25 says this, For the thing that I so greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid is come upon me. And notice he said, I was not in safety. This because he got in fear. Well, why was he not in safety? Well, if you're in fear, what's the opposite of fear? Faith. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the the, the shield of faith will quench all the fire dust of the wicked. The devil began to tell them, you're going to lose your kids. They're going to die. You're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your cattle. Matter of fact, you're going to get sick and balls and sickness is going to come all over. And, and, and he began to fear those lies. And fear is what activates the devil just like faith activates God. Fear is the fear that the enemy used Satan to run his engine. Faith is the fuel that God uses to bring good results. They are reciprocals. They're opposite one of another. And so the devil, all he has is fear. He's got to get you to believe his fearful lies. And Job here said the thing I saw not just 
partly feared, greatly feared, it's come upon me. Fear will connect you to the undesirable. Fear of cancer will connect you to the cancer. Fear of a car wreck will connect you to the car wreck. The devil will literally use that fear the same way God uses faith, the force of faith, to bring good things to pass. The devil will use fear to bring the undesirable. That's why we're talking about living life without fear. And so he goes on to say, because I feared it and I was afraid it's come upon me. Then he says in verse 26, I was not in safety. Why? The shield of faith went down. The shield of faith. When you dropped the head, when the hedges that was built around Joe, it was faith. But when he got in fear, the heads came down. And, and, and God, he didn't say, devil, I give you authority over him. He said, look, behold, he's in your power. The hedge had come down. He wasn't in safety. Praise God, because the shield of faith will quench all fiery darts of the wicked. He said, neither had I rest. That's what I want you to see. Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Notice, I want to, tonight we're talking about resting in the promises of God. You know why he didn't have any rest? Because fear will rob you of your rest. It will rob you of your peace. It will rob you of everything God has given us. God wants you to rest. Hallelujah. And he says, I was not in safety, neither had I rest. Why? There was a promise that covered his situation, that covered his children that he was not believing. There was a promise that covered his house that he was not believing. Rest comes from the promises of God. And anytime you begin to believe the lies of the enemy instead of what God has promised, then it's going to disturb your rest. It's going to interrupt your peace. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. He rested in him. And the Bible says because he began to give glory to God and manifestation, Isaac came. I want you to look at this at the Amplified Bible. He said, for the thing which I so greatly fear comes upon me, and that which I, now I want you to kiss these three tenses, past, present, and future. That which I am, present, afraid, befalls me. Fear was affecting his present life. Keep going. He says, and I was not, there's the past, I am in fear, I was not, or am I now? There's the present again, at ease, nor had I, or have I rest. I didn't have it last night, I don't have it now. It's affecting his past and his present. And he said, yet trouble came, and watch this, still comes, there's the future, upon me. It's still coming. Fear will try to paralyze you about your past, present, and future. If your devil can't get you on your past, that's the first thing. Well, you remember the last time you stood on the word of God? You know what happened? You almost died. You didn't get your healing. He'll try to go on your path. You remember the last time you tried to start that business? It failed. And if he can't get you to fear over past failures, then he'll come to your present. Now, what makes you think you're going to get the money? Look at that. Look at your bank account. You ain't got no money in there, and your bill is it. He'll and you won't fear for the present. He'll say, "Well, I'm going to tell you one to tomorrow. You're going to lose everything you got." See, past, present. He'll try to get you to believe a lie from the past, what you presently see, or the future. But faith, praise God, will give you a bright past, present, and future. And that's why we are going to have to learn how to live life without fear. I want you to look at this first statement that I want to put up here. Fear 
Watch this. Fear will rob you of your mental and emotional and physical rest. Notice he said, neither had I rest. That's something that the whole world is looking for, particularly in this pandemic. People are trying to figure out how I'm going to pay bills, how we're going to get the kids back in school safely. Oh, how we're going to deal with working at at home. And, you know, what if, you know, the job fell or what if this fell, an economic downturn. And there are a lot of jobs that did fail. There are a lot of businesses that did fail. And there are a lot of people still worrying how they're going to restart their business, how they're going to restart school. What if I catch COVID-19? What if my kids contracted? Oh, my God, you know, uh, they're at home. They're not learning properly. We need to be in class. But if they're in class, then they're around other people that's in fact. All of this stuff that's going on. The Bible talks about, Jesus said in the last days, men's heart will fail them for fear after looking after the things that's coming on this earth. I mean, it's in the paper. It's on every major news outlet. It's on television. Everywhere you look, the radio, fear, 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 fear. This pandemic has effect, but yet we can live a life without fear. Fear will rob you of your mental and emotional. You'll get to where you can't sleep at night. That's what opens up the door to sickness and disease. There are people that's taking pills and Valiums and, and taking uh, all types of stuff for ulcers for their stomach and, 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 and sleeping pills and melatonins to go to rest and, and a pill to wake up because it's so much on their mind. Fear will rob me. Job said, I had no rest. How am I going to pay this? What about car payment? What about house payment? What about mortgage? What about this? What about health care? What if I lose all of these things, the cares of this world? And yet, fear will rob you of your mental and emotional and physical rest. What the mind retains, the body how to endure. That's why a lot of people think they're resting. Just because they laid down last night or whenever they laid down. But just laying your physical body there on the bed and the pillars not rest, it's when you can quiet your mind, quiet your spirit, get all the fear, the children, the bills, the problem, the car, all of this stuff off of your mind. And once you quiet, then the body gets quiet. That's real rest. That's why so many people wake up, and even though they lay down physically, they wake up and feel like they tossed and turned and worked all night. You know why? Their mind didn't stop. Fear controlled them. And so here... I want you to know God wants you and I to live a life without fear. Look what Matthew said. Jesus himself, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come unto me. Now, this was not just an invitation for salvation. It was an invitation that any time, come to me about your children. Come to me about the bill. Come to me about the pandemic. Come to me for your healing. Come for me if you need provision. Whatever it is, Jesus is our source. He said, come to me. All ye that labor, you've been trying to do it yourself. Get the car payment, get the money, make this happen. He said, if you're labored and you're heavy late and you're overburdened, you can't handle it. Come unto me. And notice what he said. And I will cause you to rest. See, rest. And I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. Your soul is your mind. That's what everyone is looking for, refreshment. We need all want to go. And one thing the pandemic has done, it has caused you and I to be confined to our homes. You know, people working from the home, kids have been home. And, you know, we're used to vacationing, going here to the beach, going to the mountains. And everybody needs relief. Everyone needs a break. And that's one thing that has intensified and tried to the enemy with fear, the stress that a lot of people feel. But notice what Jesus said. Take my yoke 
upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle, meek, and holy, and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You'll find right in the middle of a pandemic, you can rest knowing that God will meet your needs, knowing that God will take care of you and your children. Knowing that no evil is going to befall you and no plague is going to come now where you dwell. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right. I don't care who catch it in school. It won't come near me. Rest instead of, oh, Lord Jesus, I hope my child don't catch this. Oh, Lord Jesus, I hope, oh, that that hair care, that they don't get rid of, you know, Obamacare or this care. Oh, they're trying to take this away. And all of these, the cares of this world, he says, you'll find rest. And relief and ease. Listen to this. Sound like a vacation to me. Refreshment and recreation. Blessed quietness for your soul. So Jesus, that wasn't just an invitation for you to get saved. That's an invitation anytime you're going through anything. He said, I got the answer. Come unto me. You'll find rest, recreation, and easement for your soul. God wants you and I to live a life without fear. But as I said before, my second statement, fear then will try to control your life, notice your past, present, and future if you allow it. Don't allow it. The enemy will always use what happened in the past. You remember the last time you stood on the word of God for your healing? So-and-so almost died. You almost died. You remember the last time you paid your tithe? You couldn't get the windows of your house open, much less the windows of heaven. <laughs> you almost lost everything. He'll try to take and experience some negative experience from your past. And he will try to put you in fear because that's all he has. Now, if you don't believe anything out of the past and say, now, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus come my past, then he'll move to the future. Well, then, what about that bill right there? What you going to do about that? Ain't, 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 ain't no money in the back. Well, look, look at your child. Look at him. He's home now. And, he, you know, he's the second quarter. School start back and you ain't got the money. How, how's he going to go back to school? He'll take the present. If you won't go for that, then he'll move in the future. Jesus said, take no worry, thought for tomorrow. Oh, what you going to do at the end of the month? You know, you got that bill due. It's on the 30th. You ain't even got half of it yet. Now, how, where you going to get $1,200 for, for, for your mortgage payment? And you ain't got $300. And it's almost a 30. How are you going to get that car? What you going to do about it? It's always, and if you see, past, present, and future. Don't let fear paralyze you. You cast all of your care on God and say, no, I don't take no worry thought about my past, present, or, or future, praise God. I stand in faith and God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I rest. That's what I want to get to. I rest in the promises of God. See, it's not just a matter of not fearing. You have to have an anchor for your soul. And the word of God is an anchor for our soul. Jesus said you'll find rest. for What, what causes the soul to rest? The word, my God meets my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm going to go to bed trusting that. Hallelujah. No evil shall befall me. No plague will come nigh where I dwell. Psalm 91, I'm going to hold on to that in my mind. and with my, I'm going to find rest. I'm going to anchor my mind and my emotions on that. Thank God I'm a tithe. I give and it's given to me again. And the windows of heaven open concerning my life. I believe I receive blessings. There's not room enough to receive. And I don't care what the bank account looked like. I go to bed on that. That's where the rest is. It's not just not fearing. It's replacing fear with faith. It's replacing fear with the word of God. Faith coming by hearing 
and believe in what God says. That's why it's so important to go to a church where you're hearing the word of faith, especially during this pandemic. God told me the enemy is going to use fear like never before. Amen. Try to just scare people. Yeah. Fear, fear. I remember, and I, I talked about this the other day, and I'll probably use this every time I preach because it was so funny. Never, ever make a decision or act on fear based off of fear when it's motivating you. I remember years ago when we was, the early days of the ministry, you know, the tax law for churches change every year, and so it's good to go to seminars to find out the latest changes, the RS and, and, and all the latest, you know, the different shelters for ministers, and so there are seminars. And I remember uh, this particular uh, company who was doing the tax seminar, they sent out a magazine, and they wanted me to come to the uh, seminar, and uh, they had on the front of their magazine, they had a preacher, and the preacher had, had handcuffs. I, as a matter of fact, his hands was cut behind him, and the police were behind him, and he was looking down, and then they were leading him out, and up above that, it says, he was saying, I thought I was in compliance with the law. They was taking him to jail. Now, they put that on front, and then they said, well, we're having this seminar, so-and-so, and so-and-so hotel, the early bird registration, $299. When you do this, it's going to be $349. So come. In other words, if you don't want to go to jail, uh, now you think I'm going to go to that seminar? You ain't going to scare me into doing nothing. Say, never operate or make a decision based off of fear. So they're going to scare me if I don't know what they know, I might be going to jail because I might not be in compliance. Because if you open up yourself to fear, it's a spirit. If I open up myself to fear about taxes and doing tax, then that fear don't stop there. It's going to control my life, my driving the car, my about finances. Fear is a spirit. And if you let part of it in, it want to control your life. So I'm telling you, never, ever, I don't care what's coming across television. I'm going to go, oh, you know, all of this is coming, all this stuff that's happening. The people are coming and they're at the, down here at the wall and they're looking in the streets. Oh, my God, they're coming to your neighborhood. Oh, the pandemic. Oh, this is how, oh, it's coming. Buy your guns. You know, all right, do all that because there's a war. Fear, you see it all on fear, fear ads, fear advertisement. Right down to people talking about if you don't choose this person or that person, God going to hold you responsible. You're going to go to hell if you vote for some. I know that's a lie. But there are people who don't know the scripture. God says your sins and nickels I, re I remember no more. You mean to tell me if you shoot somebody, God going to make me do the time and they shot him because of the decision of someone? Else? Yep, that's right, because you supported them, so you going to jail. But I didn't shoot. I that's crazy. God says your sins and iniquity you remember no more. So people trying to motivate people to fear to vote this way and that way. Listen, I don't care who you vote for. That's between you and God. But don't do nothing under fear. You're not going to motivate me by fear to do anything. Hallelujah. God is not giving me a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. I'm going to rest in the promises of God. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. Eight. We're talking about resting in the promise of God. Job said, I couldn't rest, man. And he wound up losing his donkeys, children, his cattle, and his own wife. 
said, you still believe in this God? Now his wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Listen, when you got a wife like that, you don't need the devil. You, you got trouble. She's supposed to be your helpmate. His own friends came while he was scratching his soul, souls. And instead of encouraging him, you know what they said? You done sin. But the Bible says when Job prayed for them and used faith and got his mind off of himself and said, you know what? I know my Redeemer live it. The Bible says when he prayed for them, God turned his captivity and God blessed him with double. And Job had more at the end of his life twice than he did from the beginning. You know why? Because he got back over in faith. I want you to know God will restore to you. Don't let, don't let fear put you in bondage. Praise God. I don't care what's going on in your life. We are going to live life without fear. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8. So it's not just a matter of not fearing. It's replacing fear with what God said, the word of the living God. You need the promises of God. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and look at verse 54 through 56. And it was so that when Solomon made an end of praying all this prayer and supplications, he arose before the altar of the Lord, kneeling on his knees with his hands spread to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice saying, look at verse 50. Six, very closely. Blessed be the Lord God who hath given rest unto his people. Wow. We're talking about resting in the promise of God. Hath given rest to his people. How? According to all that he has promised. Well, the rest come in the promise. And there have not failed not one word of all of his good promises which he promised by the hand or through Moses, his servant. Moses said it. Moses delivered it, but God said, they have not failed without one good promise. He said, God gave me rest for the promises. Instead of tossing and turning over my children and, 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 and losing my rest at night, I'm going to find the promise. What did God say about my children? Oh, Acts 16. What's that? 31, 16? Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Okay, I'm going to rest in that. God going to save my house. Praise God. Isaiah 54, 13. Great shall be the peace of my children. Oh, they out there doing them drugs. Oh, they out there. They're going to probably be, you know, uh, caught with them drugs. And they're going to blah, 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 blah. Nope. I rolled the care of them over on God. Great shall be the peace of my children. Righteous and they shall be established. Yeah, but what about this COVID-19, man? It's everywhere everybody catching. Nope. I'm going to rest on that. A thousand shall fall by thy side, 10,000. And I think it's somewhere up in that number will be, we'll be increasing, depending on when you're hearing this message. Some say it's 193. Some are, we're approaching 200,000. But I don't care if it's, two th if it's a quarter million. It won't come now. I'm going to rest on that. God has given me rest and not one of those good promises. But what if it fell? That's, and I'll, I'll talk about this later. That's the number one fear Satan uses. What if the word fell? What if you don't get your healing this time? What if the money don't come in? What if you lose your car? What if you lose it? He's always, and, and it, but you take the promise and you anchor your soul with it and you enter into rest. We which believe what? What God said about it, enter into rest. Listen, man. Uh, every time that they said there was a, 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 a some type of 
uh, you know, recession and, and, and like now, you know, the pandemic. I remember in, in 2008 when they had the crash and the first crash of the economy. That's when this church thrived. And the devil, we was building during that time. We was not only building our church, we were building our houses. And God prospers us even in a pandemic. Why? We held on to the promises of God. God's word would not fail. God promised Abraham, you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be called Isaac. And he was 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was then, she was 90. And yet the Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. Hallelujah. He didn't stagger at it, but he grabbed hope to it and rest in it. And the Bible says he began to believe it so much, he started giving glory to God. He was strong in faith because he became fully persuaded what God had promised he would also perform. I'm telling you, son, all the enemy has is fear right now. And what you need to be doing while you're home during this pandemic, you need to be spending time in the word of God, finding every promise that covers your children, covers your home, covers your healing, cover your finances. And once you find that promise, you do what the Bible said. He's giving rest unto his people by the promises of God. That's what God says. Blessed be God. And not one good word. Look at this in Amplified. Look at it in Amplified. Praise God. When Solomon finished offering all this prayer and supplication to the Lord, he arose before the Lord's altar and he knelt with his hands stretched toward heaven. And he stood and blessed God, the assembly of Israel, with a loud voice saying, Blessed be the Lord who hath given rest unto his people of Israel according to what all that he promised. The rest is in what God promised. Not one word has failed of all of his good promises which he promised through Moses, his servant, praise God. Not one one prayer. You know what? If I was you and the enemy was coming with fear about your children, fear about your finances, fear about the pandemic, fear about provision, I would go find the promises of God. Better yet, you need to be going to churches preaching the promises of God. And then I would anchor my soul. I would meditate what God says about my healing himself, took my sickness and bore my diseases. Praise God. I'm bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. I, I, I literally got the revelation when we're talking about we're one in Christ. I'm bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We're one spirit with the Lord. I have his mind. So can't no sickness, can't no disease, can't no flu, can't no pandemic. The symptoms may come, but it can't stay on my body because I am bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And the word is medicine to my flesh. That's a promise. Not only is it a promise, it's a fact. By his stripes, ye were healed past him. So what do I do? I rest even with symptoms in my body knowing that God cannot lie. Knowing that the word of God. He said not one, not one, not one jot. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one of these promises, not one jot of tittle shall pass away. And that's why people are tormenting their mind and their spirit and they're taking drugs and alcohol and going out and trying to party and drink, trying to find rest. And rest is in the promises of God. Find out what God said about your situation Anchor your soul in it. And then he says, not one of these good promises have failed, praise God. So, what can we say then? Our rest is in receiving and believing. It's not just receiving. You got to believe what God said. It's in receiving and believing the promises of God. 
Find out what the problem is. You say, well, I don't know what God said about my finances. I don't know what God said about my body. I, that's why you need to get in the word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 1 through 3 tells us that God has given you and us, you and I, everything that pertains to life and godliness through these exceeding great and precious promises. There's a promise that cover your finances. There's a promise that cover your children. There's a promise that cover your bills. There's a promise that cover your healing. There's a, pro There's a promise that cover everything you need in life. So why are you not resting? Because my people perish for what they do not know. You got to get in the word of God. Listen, man, you can't get lazy at home during this pandemic. You got to meditate in the word day and night. You got to praise God. Say, God, give me this day, Lord, our daily bread. You got to get the CDs out. You got to get the DVs out. Faith coming by here and hearing by the word of God. And in the midst of everything that's going on, you're going to have to feed on those promises, praise God, until it drives the fear out of your spirit. When, you're, when, you're, when, when, you're, when your faith level is low, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, your fear level going to be high. Why? Because you ain't got no word. So everything you're seeing and hearing on television, the pandemic, and you know, all the, uh, the you know, the, we're in the election time, and what if this happened? What, what, if you, what if they stop health care, and blah, 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 and what if this pandemic, is, you know, grows? How long is it going to be around? And what if your kids catch COVID-19? All of this. Well, then you got to have some faith repelling the fear. And so if you're just spending time feeding off of the negative information of this world and not spending time feeding your spirit on the word of God, when your faith level is low, your fear level is going to be high. Have you ever been driving your car before and you forgot to stop and fill up the gas? I have. Just driving. And all of a sudden you hear a little bell, thing, and you look, there's a light on near that E, empty. And you don't know where the next gas station is, particularly if you're out on a trip on the highway somewhere. <laughs> you know, especially if you went down in the country somewhere, especially if you dark and you done forgot. <laughs> what happened when that little light come on? <laughs> your fear level begin to rise. Why? Because your gas level is low. Your word level is lower in the tank. And so all of a sudden you begin to pray and intercede. God, this shit about let's let me get to the next station lord jesus if you got a gps where's the nearest station if it say 200 miles then your fear level really get high what's happening because your gas level is low your fear level is high but you finally found the gas place god bless you praise god to get to bp or exxon or wherever and you pull in there and just made it and you fill up, praise God. I'm talking about putting high test. And when you fill that sucker up, fill that tank up, what happens? It goes, that needle go all the way back over the full. And you get in that car. Now you're driving with confidence. Still on your way to Miami. Still on your way to, to, to Magic Kingdom or wherever you were headed. Why? Because your gas level is high. That's what's happening when you're, listen. The, you got 66 filling stations. 66 books. Fill your spirit with the word of God. Then rest on these promises. I don't care what's coming on this earth. Then your fear level will always be low because your faith level is high. Praise God. Praise God. Don't let the thing that you fear the most come upon you. Stay in the word of God. Then rest in the promises of God. These promises will not fail. So, Fear then that God's promise, this is a statement I made, I want to make it again. Fear then that God's promises will fail you is Satan's number one lie. 
Yeah, what if the Bible don't work? What if you don't get the healing? You know, your mama had the same thing, your daddy, and they died with it. What make you think, you know, there high blood pressure running your family. Now healing running my family. I'm the new family. I'm in the family of God. So he will attack the promises of God. Listen, this ain't nothing new. That's all Satan has is opposition to what God said. It started in the Garden of Eden. God told Adam, the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Hmm? And then, of course, Adam had the command. And uh, all he had to do was tell his wife. But the Bible says Satan came in there and beguiled Eve and said, you know, you will not surely die. Now, wait a minute. God just said you would die. The devil come and said, you won't die. What is he doing? He's trying to challenge the promise of God. He's challenging the word of God with fear-filled eyes. He's only lying. And that's all he got. Opposition to the word. What if you don't get your healing this time? You know, you're talking about paying your tithe. Man, you're behind on this, you're behind on that. Listen, they're going to come and take everything you got. Why don't you just go on and, and double up next week? Now, I'm always trying to tell you that the windows of heaven are not going to open concerning you. That God will not take care of your child. Everybody else's child going to be fine, but not your child. Something is going to happen. They're going to catch you short. Come on. That's all the devil has. He will challenge every faith-giving promise with a fear-filled lie. And it's your job, praise God, to enter into rest concerning the word of God because he said not one of God's good promises have failed. Are you listening to me? Someone said, well, yeah, but didn't he say that to Moses? No, he, God said it, it came through Moses. Well, you can't trust the Bible. The Bible, the Bible was written by man. Man wrote the Bible. You can't trust a man. This man wrote it. No, 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 no. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God was speaking. All scripture is inspired by God. God said it, men wrote it down. And if, if, if the Bible ain't nothing but a man's book, then what Jesus, praise God, took what a man said and defeated the devil because in Matthew 4, he was quoting a man. When the devil said, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And he said, it is written. Guess who he's quoting? Moses. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the Bible said the devil fled from him. So if it's just a man book, then Jesus must be using what a man wrote. No, it's God's book. Men wrote it down. It was inspired by God. And anybody, any born-again believer can stand on any one of these promises and not one of them will fail. Don't never let the enemy lie to you and say, well, you know, you, what if it don't work this time? That's the number one lie, that the promises will fail. That's why I want to show you what 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says in both the King James and Amplified, for all the promises of God, by our stripes you will heal. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Whatsoever you ask the Father in Jesus' name, he will give it you. Give and it shall be given to you again. Bring the tithes and offerings into the stars and see when I open the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Everything by my stripes ye were healed. All the promises of God are in him who in Christ, yes. Yea means yes, and in him, amen. Unto the glory of God the Father. In other words, your response should be to the promises of God. My knees are met according to his riches and glory by a son Christ Jesus. I don't care if there is a pandemic. 
Yes and amen. I shouldn't go, well, yeah, but right now I don't have a job. Nope. Yes and amen. So be it. Amen means so be it. Not the end. All the promises of God. Oh, yes. God don't have three answers. I heard people say, you know, sometimes God say yes. Sometimes God say no. And then sometimes he say, right, not right. Now, no, it's always yes. If he said it, it's yes. Yes, I'll heal you. Yes, I'll meet your needs. Yes, no weapon formed against your shoulder. All the promises of God. So they're not going to fail. God don't change. Look at this from the Amplified. It makes it even plainer. For as many that are <laughs> the promises of God, they all find <laughs> their yes answer in him, in Christ. Will you heal me? Yes. Will you meet my needs? Yes. Well, sometimes you might. Sometimes No. Always is yes. It's not nay and nay, yay and nay. It's yes and yes. For this is the reason we are the amen, so be it, to God through him in his person and in his agency to the glory of God. Our part is just amen. See, people think amen means the end. Be careful what you amen when a preacher's up preaching. People just say amen to anything. You know, God will give you a house. Amen. But he'll take it to teach you something. Amen. Now, that's a lie. <laughs> the blessed Lord make it rich and add no sorrow with it. That ain't so big. That's a lie. Amen, saying you are saying so be it in my life. So don't be so careful. When you hear God's promise, this should be your only response. If I was preaching you at home and I said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper according to his riches and glory. I'll, you know what? Yes, amen. My God meets your needs according to his riches and glory. You don't go but past, no, yes, and amen. By his stripes you are here. Yeah, but past, you know, yes, and that's your only response. Yes, and so be it in my life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All the promises of God. So there's not one good word of these promises that have failed. So don't let Satan use that lie that it ain't going to work for you this time. We rest in the promises of God. Now I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Then we're going to read on down into verse... Um, Chapter 4, verse 1. I want you to, because we're talking about resting in the promises of God. So many people are disturbed now during this pandemic. Worried about their children. Worried about finances. Worried about provision. Worried about how they're going to make it. Worried about the election. What if so-and-so get in? What's going to happen? What if so-and-so? Like I said, they're stoking fear, man, you know. Oh, my God, they're coming. They're down at the border. Oh, the caravan is coming. They're coming. They're coming to your neighborhood. Oh, they're going to get. Look at in the streets. Oh, fear, 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 fear. And I'm never going to respond to anything based off of fear. I'm not denying that things are not happening. What I am saying is I'm not going to let fear control me. God has not given me a spirit of fear. What did he give me? Power, love, and a sound mind. So I know when all of this fear thing about what if you lose, you know, uh, what if your health care is going up? And, and oh, my God, what if you lose ha, ha, hospitalization, pre, pre-existing conditions? Uh, what if they take that away? Oh, how you going? Blah, 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 blah. Fear, 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 fear. No, I resist it in the name of Jesus. We're talking about this whole series, and you need to stay with it. Every message, living life without fear. Through death, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. 
He destroyed him that had the power of death. Paralyzed him. And by doing so, the Bible says he became like you and I. He became a man and he destroyed him that had the power of death to deliver you and I from fear of death who was all our lifetime subject to bondage. I am not going to live in bondage in this earth in the name of Jesus. And there are Christians that's hid out everywhere because they have sucked on all the lies of the enemy that's coming through the paper, the newspaper, and everywhere else. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to grab hold to the promises of God, and you're going to have to spend some time in these promises until it drives fear out of your heart, and you begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk, trust in God regardless of what's going on. You'll be just like Jesus. Even in the middle of, the, of a storm, you'll be able to rest. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep, even in the midst of turmoil. I'm not telling you this stuff is not going around. I'm not t- I'm trying to say that make believe that there's not a bill. Make believe, make believe that nothing is not happening. Make believe that there's no need. No, we ain't talking about make, I'm telling you that there's peace in the midst of the storm. There remains a rest to the people of God. Now let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, we are going to read the last two verses, chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, and then we're going to move into chapter 4. And to whom he sware, verse 18, that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. Believe not what? They didn't believe what God says. We which believe do enter into rest. So, of course, they couldn't enter into rest. They didn't believe that God would provide for them in the wilderness, and so they didn't rest. They murmured and complained. They didn't believe that Moses was going to deliver them, praise God, and bring them into the promised land. So many of them died in the wilderness. They didn't believe what God said. God proved himself time and time again in this pandemic. He gave them water out of the rock. He caused fresh manna to fall from heaven. And yet, they did not believe what God said. And notice those didn't believe, they didn't enter into rest, which is God's best. Hallelujah. God had led them out of Egypt, but they forgot about all the miracles that God performed in Egypt and how he split the Red Sea and brought them through and all the miracles he did. They forgot about it. And so they had no rest. Why? To them that believe not. So we see, verse 19, they cannot enter in. Enter into what? God's best. Healing. That house that you're believing for, all the promises that God has laid out for you and your children, praise God. A good job, help, long life will I satisfy. They couldn't end in because of what? Unbelief. Not non-belief. Unbelief. Very important. Unbelief concerning what? What God said. For we which believe what God says about our healing, about our children, in into rest. It's simple. You can believe what God says about your child. Grace should be the peace of your children. Righteousness, they should be extended. And plead the blood of Jesus and go to bed and sleep good. I don't care if they're not saved. I don't care if they're out party. You can rest because you have a promise. Or you can stand up all night, toss and turn and twiddle your fingers, wondering, you know, I hope all the police don't get them. I hope they ain't caught with drugs. Hey, I can't make you believe God, but you are doubting what God says about your children. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Now, why am I saying not non-belief? Because there's no such thing as 
non-belief. I don't believe nothing. You don't believe nothing? Yeah, I mean, I don't believe nothing. I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe nothing. I don't believe God. I don't believe in healing. I don't believe nothing. Well, you believe you don't believe nothing. So you are believing. <laughs> See what I'm saying? God put a believer down in you. There's no such thing as unbelief. Huh? Or non-belief, rather. There's no such thing. Because you are believing something. God put a believer. Either you're believing what God said, or you're not believing what God said, but you are believing something. Well, I don't believe in hell. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> that ain't going to stop you from going there. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> there's no such, you believe something, you believe you don't believe in hell, you see. So you might as well take that believer and believe God with it. God gave us a believing nature. Look at this from the Amplified. These two scriptures reveal a lot. It says, to whom he did swear that he should not enter into his rest, but to those who disobeyed, he's talking about those in the wilderness, who had not listened to his word, who refused to be compliant and be persuaded. See, Moses was preaching during the word of God. God's given us a land of flowing milk and honey. And to make a long story short, only two really believed, Caleb and Joshua. The rest of them died in the wilderness. So we see then they were not able to enter into his rest. For us, that'll be entering into healing, entering into a good home, and in the debt canceling. Cancellation, God says you'll be the head and not the tail. The, the, you, you will lend the men and not borrow. Everything God has promised for you and your children, you, they, he wants us to enter in, even in the midst of a pandemic. He said they could enter into his rest because of their unwillingness to adhere to, trust in, and rely on God. Look at this powerful statement. Unbelief had shut them out. Unbelief will shut you out. It says unbelief shut them out. It'll shut you out of healing. It'll shut you out of that nice home. It'll shut you out of, or, or out of debt cancellation. It'll shut you out of having successful business. You, unbelief concerning what? Concerning what God said. And there are a lot of people, they're unbelieving Christians. Don't believe in healing. Don't believe God will provide. Oh, I believe God healed, but he just won't heal me. Well, praise God. You must be something special. He died healing this for all. And it'll shut you out of healing. It's always God's will for you to be healed. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, this gospel, Satan tried to hide the gospel unless the light of it should shine to men. And the way he hide it, he said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God is where blinds their mind through what? Unbelief, unless the light of the God. Oh, you can't believe that. See, there are Christians, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterian, Holy, all types. Yeah, we, we believe in this or we don't believe in that prosperity. Well, don't worry about it. You ain't going to be bothered with none of it. These signs follow them that believe. We don't believe in that healing entree. We believe it passed away with the power. Don't worry about it. It won't be in your congregation. These healing follow those that believe. Unbelief will shut you out. Well, we don't believe in that debt cancellation, all that stuff. And we've been to let. Don't worry about it. Yours will never be canceled. But there are us who believe that we owe no man nothing but to love him. There come a day we have the title to our car, home, and everything. I'm not going to let unbelief shut me out. 
It'll shut you out of healing. It'll shut you out of that nice home. It'll shut you out of coming, praise God, off of drugs and alcohol. It'll shut you out of your miracle. Well, we just don't believe that there's no help for my son because he's so far gone on them drugs. I don't care what he is. Is he dead? No. Well, is he alive? Yes. Well, there's still hope. Lazarus had been dead for four days. Talking about unbelief. Jesus said, roll the stone away. I am the resurrection and the life. Death will not hold him back. Unbelief will not shut me out. Lazarus, come forth. And the dead came forth. Bound in grave. Because death blew. Why? Unbelief didn't shut him out. Unbelief will shut you out of your miracle. What is it you need raised from the dead? Then you need to believe the promises of God and enter into rest. Hallelujah. And then you go on to chapter 4. Back to the King James verse 1. So let us, see that was them, don't be like them, learn from those that failed in the wilderness. Learn from those who murmured and complained. Don't make the same mistake. Let us fear or reverence. There it is, let's say promise. See, we're talking about resting in the promises of God. That's how you come back fear. That's a promise being left unto us of entering into his rest. God wants you to have the best of everything Jesus died to give you. Any of you seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached get that people all hear the same man you hear me preaching now the word preached but there are people who just let fear and worry still control them. I'm preaching you the answer I'm telling you there's a promise to cover your children. There's a promise to cover your healing. There's a promise to cover your finances. And I'm telling you, you can, you can anchor your soul and rest in it. But all I can do is preach. I can't come home with you and make you believe it. The word preached, look at this very carefully. Did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You got to mix faith. You say, well, how do I mix faith? Well, you put it in your mouth and you begin to speak it and say what God says. My needs are met according to his riches and glory. By strikes I'm healed. God promised to save me in my house. I can't. You, that's how you mix faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have in the same spirit of faith. I believe. Come on. Well, therefore have I spoken. Your tongue is the mixer. We believe. Therefore we speak. So you take God's word when I'm preaching now and you speak it over your life and over your children, over your finances. And the Bible says once you do that, what happens? Look at verse 3. For we which have passed it bleed. Bleed what? The promise what God said. And once you bleed the promise, we do enter into rest. As he said, as I sworn in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. They never believed that God could make a way in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness. They never, even though he showed himself strong, time and time again, manna fell from heaven, water out of the rock, yet they staggered at the promise of God. They didn't rest in what he said. Although the works, I love this, were finished from the foundation of the world. He said, you know what? I don't have no emergencies. I knew the, the pandemic was coming before they ever hit as far as I'm concerned, I had the solution before you had the problem. Before the pandemic ever came, I got your children covered. I got your family covered. I got your finances covered. I got your job covered. Holiday, I just want you to rest. Come unto me, all ye that's heavy laden. 
Hallelujah. Grab the word of God and you'll find rest for your soul. We which believe. Believe what? What God said. See, I had to learn the rest concerning the ministry. If I would have went in the ministry trying to do it myself, and, well, I got to preach and I got to raise the money and I got to pay for the bill. And I, no, all I got to do is preach the word and let God watch over his word to perform it. All I've done for 45 years is preach what God said about finances, what God said about the tithe. Now, there are a lot of people that are working trying to make it happen. Boy, thank God. You know, some of y'all came out of a working church. You had to work for the bishop. Oh, we got to work on Saturday. We got to go out. We going to fry fish, and we going we gonna to have a fish fry for Jesus, praise God. And we're going to have it out here. You know, if you want a fish sandwich, that's two twenty-five. If you want fish and slaw, that's $3. But if you want fish, slaw, and baked beans, that's $4. And we are throwing some potato chips. And you work. And then you gave your century club report on one. Your, 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 your group raised five, four, $222 selling fish. Even though you spent $300 on fish, buying it. Made 275 so you made about $25. Came on smelling like crow. But you're working for the bishop. Oh, my God. We're having a, oh, a rummage sale. We're having a car wash for G. Some of y'all guys work every day of the week raising money. And what God is saying as far as he is concerned, he don't need your help. All the works were finished before the foundation of the world. Your house payment, your car payment, your children, everything that you would need when Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished. That includes, he saw in the future everything that you would ever need, spirit, soul, body, financially, and said, your needs are met according to my riches and glory. So there are no emergencies. It's just a matter of you believing what God said and then resting and watch God perform it. God don't need your help. That's what Abraham and Sarah tried to do. Never try to bring to pass in the, in the flesh something God promised you in the spirit. The promise was the word. From your body, from your loins, Abraham, your body you're going to bring forth a child. You and, and his name shall be called Isaac. And they looked at themselves and, well, Sarah laughs because she's 90 and a womb is dead and Abraham is 100 good is dead. And, and so, well, uh, Let's help God out. Well, well, wait a minute, Abraham. I mean, you old, I'm old. And, you know, maybe it might be. Let's see, trying to help God getting over the flesh instead of resting. It might be God wants you to go in there to Hagar, our young maid, and have sex with her. And maybe be through her. And the Bible says that Abraham hearkened. He didn't pray. He didn't see God. He didn't go, well, let me pray about it. He said, the Bible said he hearkened. Yeah, that, I believe that is God. And what happened? Ishmael is quick to get, but hard to get rid of. Trying to help God out instead of resting. You can't make what happened in the flesh what God has promised you in the spirit. So you're tired. Bleed God, hallelujah. Well, I need to get two more jobs. And I'm going to work, praise God, and get a part-time job here and a part-time job. I ain't got time to go to church. I ain't got time to read work. I'm going, oh, I'm going to get my, my son. He, he'll be 16 next month, but they're going to let him wear their 15 illegally down here. This, I'm going to get him in and lie about that. I'm going to send my dog down to, 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 to Pet Smart. He's going to get a job watching goldfish and all of this work. And God says, as far as I'm concerned, it was finished from the foundation. I don't need your help. All I need you to do is believe. Jesus said, that's Jesus. What shall be? What do we need to do 
to do the work of God. And Jesus said that you might believe. All God wants you to do is believe what he said concerning your children, your finances, your home. And drive out the fear and enter into rest. Let's get ready as we get ready to close this here. He says here, we which believe do enter into rest. And if you drop down to verse 9 and 10, it tells you how to enter into that rest. Verse 9 says, therefore there remains a rest. I like this. To who? Not the devil people, not to the world. To the people of God, you don't have to fear. We can live life without fear. You can rest in this pandemic knowing God will take care of you. God will protect you and your children. God will provide finances. There remains a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest. Well, where is the rest? In his promises. Thank God he's given us rest in the promises of God. There has not failed not one of his good promises. He have entered into his rest. He ceased from his own words. That's what I'm saying. God don't need your help. Now, that don't mean be lazy. You go to work. You do your job. If a man don't work, he don't eat. That ain't talking about quitting your job, lazy. It's talking about doing your part because God has already did his. It just means the rest is in your mind. It's not talking about cease from physical labor. It's talking about cease from all this worry and torment and trying to figure out where the money going to come from and how you're going to do it and how God going to do it. No, you rest in your soul and your mind. We which believe do enter into rest. You cease from your own works as God did from his. And let us therefore labor. That sounds like an oxymoron. He just told you rest now. He said well, labor, but he's going to tell you where your labor is at. Let us labor to enter into rest. Lest any of you fall after the same example of unbelief. Remember, unbelief shut them out. Unbelief concerning what? Their children, their home finance. For them, Canaan land. They died in the wilderness because they complained and they went around and around the mountain. But Caleb and Joshua believed what God said and entered in. He says, don't you fall after the example of unbelief. Now, here's where your labor is. For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide the sum of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, hold that up in the discerner and thoughts of the intents of the heart. He said, for the word of God, the work, your labor is in the word. Your labor, what? Labor, get in the word of God. Fill your heart with the word of God until it drives out all the fear and you anchor your soul and you begin to rest in the promises of God. Our labor is in God's word. Put that up. Our labor then is in God's word. What? Reading it. Got to take time. Meditating in it. Till it just floods your heart. Drive out all the fear. And faith is replaced. Laboring in the word. That's what I do. I just don't preach when I'm in a pulpit. I labor. I have CDs in my car. Every vehicle. I keep a Bible in every room. There are, there are DVDs I watch. I pray in the spirit, praise God. I keep myself, build up, build up yourself in the most holy faith. Amen. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, even in the midst of this pandemic. I keep my spirit built up on the word so that I have enough word to preach to the world, to minister to my own family, and plus keep my own body healed and keep my mind peace. You got to work. There are a lot of preachers who want to be a preacher because they think we're lazy. Yeah, I want to be a preacher so I can sleep the 12, don't have to read the Bible, go out eat all day long. Now, that's, that's what you think. That's a lazy preacher. No, we got to labor in the word of God. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said, if you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. The true test of a shepherd is someone that keeps his heart full of the word of God so he can feed the sheep and lay down his life for the sheep so every time he gets in the pulpit, there's a rhema from God. And I believe there's a rhema right now coming through that television for someone that's been worrying over this and a child and a bill. God is saying, rest in the name of Jesus, praise God. Feed my sheep, Peter, if you love me. He's talking about the word of God. So we all got to get in the word, not just Pastor this. Every member during this pandemic, you have a responsibility. And this is what it is as I close Psalms 1, verse 2 and 3. He says, I'll labor. Because once you've done your work in the spirit, then you can rest. Your mind can be quiet. Your spirit can be quiet. Why? You know the angels are out there working in your behalf. You know already how it's going to turn out. But his delight and his desire is the law of the word of the Lord. That's the word of God. And in its law and precepts and instructions and the teachings of God, I like this word, he habitually meditates. It becomes a habit, a good habit. See, we always think bad habits. Bad habits of overeating. Bad habits of doing this. Bad. Now, you can, you can train your flesh with good habits. My spirit is so trained to the word of God, just like my physical body said, it's time to eat my spirit. Say, okay, give me some word. Give me some word. Come on. Come on. Let's spend some time with God. Come on. Turn off the television. Come on. Let's put on the CD. Put on the DVD. Come on. Faith coming by here. Why? It becomes a habit. You can change your desires and have good habits. He said he habitually, that means it's almost automatic, meditates, ponders, studies. What? Every time he get a chance when he's not at the mall? No. By day and by night. And look at the results of that as we get ready to close. He shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither or fade, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Praise God. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you've been blessed. I want you to know you don't have to fear, praise God. God is on your side, and yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God says, you don't have to fear no evil, for I'm always with you. Hallelujah. Get in the word of God, anchor your soul in the promises of God, and I want you to rest well tonight. Me and Joyce love you. We appreciate you. You continue to pray for us as we pray for you in Jesus' name. Amen.